Beast OCR proudly presents BeastNet Podcast, sponsored in part by GH Under's Performance Base Layers and supported by the OCR community. Here we discuss all things OCR related. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody, it's Mike here with BeastNet and I've got with me Tatiana Hello. and Jesse. Hello. So Hi. we're basically going to talk about everything, but let's start off with where were you guys last week? Where? You want to tell them? Well, okay. I was in Greece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was too. Yep, and uh, we were doing the world championships in Sparta. How was that? It was different. It was, it was a different? beautiful, wonderful, rock your world type of different. Yep. Nice. Absolutely different than... Um, uh, I'd say a Spartan races in the United States. So, so I, I, you said that a little bit earlier when we were talking before we started recording. What do you, how is it different? Well, they take their OCR race seriously. Like, when I started in 2013, 14, like, the volunteers especially is what I noticed different. Um, when I started racing, it was like people volunteered to be a part of Spartan race because they wanted to be a part of something. What I see more now in the United States, especially since I went to Greece, is that the volunteers really are there just to get a free race code yeah. and just hang out. But the people in Greece, I mean, they might, in Sparta, they might, this is still a new thing to them. And, well, it's Spartan Race in Sparta. I get the connection. That's awesome. But those people are a part of something. And yeah. they take the rules seriously. They take their participation seriously. I was kind of held back by how serious, like, the referees were. and Like, even for... Were you in the, the competitive race? Mm-hmm. You were racing competitive, so okay. Yeah, and they were serious about their, their race. And it wasn't like... Even the volunteers, they were participating. You didn't see four or five volunteers sitting over in the corner, yeah. hanging out, texting on their phones. They were actively engaged in this whole event. Oh, so that sounds awesome. That's one of the things I miss. I mean, I can remember when I first started doing it, and... You know, 2015, it seemed like the, the volunteers were a lot more about Spartan. And like you said, I have noticed a decline to a point where it's more they're just there for a free race. Right. And I think part of it is Spartans made it so, like, when you first did it, it was like eight hours. It was a normal shift. Mm-hmm. And now it's like 10 or 12 hours, and you get a free race, and a lot of times the volunteers aren't treated that great. No, but... Because I won't volunteer except for a street date. I won't was- do... That was one thing they clarified, like, they did a, you, they did a, what, like a nation's parade or whatever they called it the yeah. Friday night before the entire weekend started, and they went over, like, rules for everyone to follow, you know, basic guidelines, and they really reiterated a lot, respect the U.S., the marshals, or course marshals, and the referees, and the volunteers, they're like, they make, they call the shots, you better respect them. Yeah, so. which is good, and I mean, that's, I think, part of the thing that they don't really no yeah that's not something they've watered Spartan in the United States has gotten watered down I think it has I mean that's one thing there's one guy who's in Montana every year who's like my favorite volunteer and I don't know if you've ever seen him I think last year he was at the the Atlas Balls and he's screaming at everyone not in a mean way not like but he's like you know like at the Atlas Balls like don't you drop my balls and like all you know which is funny but you know but then like one year he was at the you know the Hercules and he's like you don't drop the bag if you drop the bag you owe me burps and he's like serious about it but in a way that you're still enjoying yourself so it made it fun they hold you accountable out there and I would add not only 
um, like the, the seriousness that they had about the race, um, but the obstacles too. There were obstacles out there that I've never seen before, oh. and it was refreshing for one. I bet. And definitely like the, uh, challenging. The anchor chains. Yeah, we had a chain carry, like a sandbag or a bucket yeah. carry, but this big old chain, and um, right, you're, you know, you'd carry it, and through halfway through the carry, there's a memory test. So you're sitting there. They brought back that. They had a slack line. They had... Um, like you had to walk across? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. like, you let your foot touch the ground even, like, a little anything. They're just, like, out. They're sitting there watching, you know. Like, wow. Yeah. So that's that, awesome. Yeah, they had that. They had, like, a tall balance beam and a short balance beam. And um, the, what else is different? They had that block of steel that was t- tied to a chain. Yeah. In the beginning, like when my beginning, they used to have it was a pillar block, concrete pillar block, and mm-hmm. you had to drag around. Yeah, I remember that. And that's basically what they did with this block of steel. I remember that they did that in 2015 in Montana. Mm-hmm. It was the one and only time I've ever seen that. Yeah. We had the pillar block and you had to drag it. They got yeah. rid of it. Yeah. For whatever reason, I don't know why. They I had the. That uh, was a good one. The spear throw was in water. Right. And uh, you, you were standing did, in a foot or so of water. And yeah. you did your burpees in water. It was that actually, like, despite having to do the burpees it felt really good like it was refreshing <laughs> i bet <laughs> right that was on uh saturday yeah saturday and sunday we did um the super and sprint mm-hmm. which was what five and ten miles the super was like 11.4 and then the sprint was five i think and then mm-hmm. the beast on sunday was 20 miles nice and this and uh, uh 20 miles of an amazing experience. It's something else. Dude, the super was, and sprint weren't too bad. It was like, yeah, cool. You know, it was an awesome experience. It was tough to do well, them both in one day. But and that's beasts. what a lot of people forget about with the beasts is when they say the beasts, they're like 13 plus. Right. So it depends on how much of a jerk they want to be. Because I, like I said, when I did the uh, Founders Beast in Montana in 2015, yep. it was one of those, when I saw Mile Marker 19, I wanted to kick people. I mean, it's, I think. They didn't have mile markers out. Oh, they released a they released a thing that said the beast was going to be like seventeen miles or something, right. and then we're out there on the course, and one guy's like, "Yeah, seventeen if we're lucky." They're probably going to switch it up. And oh well, that's what they do. I mean, and partly the thing is a lot of people don't realize when par- when Spartan measures out the distance, they don't measure out the distance of the carries. The no. carries is additional, right? right? So that's why a lot of people do it, and they're like, ah. "They said it was like." Four miles, and my GPS says five and a half. It's like, well, you had the sandbag area, you had this, mm-hmm. and all that. And they're like, well, what's that have to do with anything? Those mm-hmm. aren't counted. Right. They right. don't count the out and back like carries. No. And their bucket carry out there, it was kind of funny because on Sunday during the Beast, they had the bucket carry, and I'm like, wow, that was a piece of cake. Their bucket carry has got nothing on us. And then, you know, you run a little bit, and of course, I'm dead tired. And you come to the sandbag carry, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, I haven't seen that before. Yeah. And um, and then uh, I, I get there and I start to realize that the sandbag carry was, like, a half a mile. It was the, the longest it was sandbag like carry. A big pancake, like... Yeah, it wasn't the usual that you can drape over pounds, your shoulders. 60 pounds. Nice. It was crazy long. That For me, that was my breaking point. What about the brick? What are, there were lots of bricks involved. The brick we carried. There was a brick carry, and then there was like a brick like a, stack one. Like you had like a kiln st- brick. Yeah. And you just had to carry this thing. It was your friend for about a mile or so, and just took it with you and threw it in the pile. Up a mountain. You know how long? 
But that brick, honestly, for one single brick, like, you know, the kind you use to build a furnace or whatnot, yeah. it became uncomfortable. It's such a small little thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, the whole time you're like, what, what am I doing with this? Like, yeah. I was convinced. Why do I still have this brick? Right. I was convinced. I asked the guy. I was like, I'm not going to have to take this to the finish line with me, am I? And he's like, they uh, had no information for me. Uh, yeah. I think it was free labor. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I think it was. But, I mean, and that's what kind of makes it fun. You have stuff like that. I mean, it's something that you don't think about. It's like uh, me, Benton, and one of the other guys, Kyle, did that. I don't know if you saw the Beast 5K+. Plus. It was actually kind of cool. It was, you know, a bunch of different, you know, carries and workouts and all that stuff. It was, it was fun. But we had to carry three, carry something for a bunch of it. So we grab, I have some sandbags out in the, the, the murder shed and, you know, uh, we had a bucket and some other stuff, but we decided to grab one of the, the bricks that we have over there. And it was one of the, you know, the, what am I thinking of? Cinder blocks? Yeah, cinder block. There you go. Mm. Grab cinder block. And we'd use that for one of the carries. And you don't realize how freaking annoying carrying a cinder block is until you have to carry it for like 400 yards. Mm-hmm. And you're mm-hmm. like, how do I hold this thing? Yeah. You yeah. Know? And I can imagine that. I mean, the brick's a little bit smaller, but I can imagine you're like, it's not small enough that you can really like cut, hold it with one hand. Well, and where that brick be- was placed was miles into this whole experience. Yeah. And it was just, mind you, it was like 90 degrees. Yeah. Outside and almost See, like, honey, you know you want to go to Greece and it's ninety degrees over there in November. In November, yeah. <laughs> and part of, I think that was probably like the most unmarked, like no trail is what they had us hiking through. There was no trail, just like little Spartan flags here and there that you had to follow. It was almost like, I hope I'm going the right way. I don't know. I guess we'll find. It was kind of cool though. It was cool. That is. <laughs> I really like um, how they did things, you know? It's like, because when I started, Spartan was considered an endurance event, mm-hmm. not a 5K mud run yeah. of sorts of where it's kind of going towards now. Because yeah. I, I get the marketing part of it, but I think they're losing sight of where they came from. Yeah, and I think what they're running into, though, is they're running into more. It's turned from, when it started, it was, like you said, it was an endurance event. It was something to go out and test yourself. But the problem they're running into is, you know, their goal of getting a million people off the couch isn't going to happen if it's as hard as it's always been. And people say it, it's like like Amber. Amber will go out and she'll do the survivor one. She'll do mm-hmm. uh, Warrior. She'll do Rugged. She'll do those ones. Mm-hmm. But when I'm like, cool, let's go to a spa, she's like, nope, ain't happening. And I get so, it. And it's I think that's not where for everybody. And it's not. And I think that's what they're trying to do. Because from what I've understood is next year it's supposed to be more of kind of like the sprint super and beast. It's not just going to be distance. It's going to be difficulty. Mm-hmm. So the sprints are going to be like all of your easier obstacles are going to be on your sprints. Then there'll mm-hmm. be a little bit more harder obstacles on the super. And then you'll see like you won't we'll only see like Twister and... Some of the some of those obstacles you're only going to see on the beast, yeah. that they're going to put those harder obstacles on just the beast, because that's supposed to be like the ultimate test. So, and I get it, but I don't like it. Yeah, I don't either. Because I like I like being challenged on a super. I don't want to go out on a super and just be like, "Woo, I finished it. Yeah. I might as well go do a warrior." Even though the, the warrior dash this year here was brutal. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
because it looks like it's always been at the place Kelly Farms, which is flat. Uh huh. This year it was out at a farm in Carnation, not Remlinger. It was Carnation Farms, um, and it looked like it was really flat, but then you start and you actually cross the street, hmm. and for like the first mile was almost straight uphill, and it was a lot of uphill. It was brutal. It was. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Amber hated it. I don't think she's ever gonna do it again. But no. <laughs> <laughs> that's too funny. Yeah, but yeah. but I like to be challenged. I mean, that's my biggest thing. I mean, I'm a bigger guy now, bigger than I need to be, and I need to fix that. But um, I like the challenge, and, and right. it bothers me that they're gonna make the. I mean, I'm hoping we're watering the sprint, it down. Yeah, I'm hoping the sprint will still be challenging, but from everything I'm hearing, they're gonna water it down. Yeah, for and and I get it. I mean. Because people complain. And if people complain, it goes all over social media and there's a ripple effect to the marketing. Well, yeah, and it's like, look now, I mean, you have every time you come up to an obstacle, there's the sign, if you don't have the capability and you can't do this, blah, 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 go ahead and pass. Right. It's like, that's just like everything else. It's like the nanny state that we exist in. Yeah, it's like, oh, if you can't do this obstacle, then do your burpees. Right. Do the penalty. It's fine. You can't do it. Do your penalty. Move on. But exactly. to put up a sign that basically says you can walk by this obstacle with no penalty, no nothing, people are just going to do it. Right. And if you can't, there's other races out there. Yeah. yeah. It's okay to fail. It is. It's it's all right. I mean, if somebody allows you to to succeed when you didn't really complete the task, have you really succeeded? Exactly. You know, I mean, it's one of those things that I get the whole point of, you know, you challenge yourself, whatever, there is victory in that. Yeah. But, like you said, if you really didn't do it, did you succeed? Right. Did, did you do it? So, and you know, there's ones like, like terrain race. I like terrain race because their whole thing is there's no burpee bounties. They're fun. Yeah. If you do, um, if you're doing the competitive, you do it till you complete the obstacle. Mm-hmm. And I know, I can't remember, there was one of the beasts, I can't remember, I think it might have been Jenner or something last year, who at one of them literally, like, was in second or third place and got to one of the obstacles and couldn't do it and sat there for, like, over half an hour Hmm. until they finally completed the obstacle because they didn't want to lose their band. Yep. And they wanted to finish and ended up finishing in, like, 40th place. But, you know... That was the thing is you have a band when you're competitive and if you fail an obstacle, you keep doing it till you finish that obstacle and complete it or they take your band. Yeah. Right, which is the way it should be. It's yeah. competition. It is because there's too many times you see in Spartan and I've seen a lot of the competitive and even the, the elites where they come up to an obstacle, they know they're going to have problems with it. So they're like, I'm not even going to attempt this. I'm just going to go do my burpees. Mm-hmm. Right. And too many times you, you see it. Someone come up to, you know, the tire flip. Oh, I can't let that. I'm not even going to try. So they just right. go over and do their burpees. And just like a couple of years ago, we had the whole issue of, like, they had to define what is the actual standard of a burpee yeah. because of that. Because the uh, elite would come up and touch the obstacle and be like, well, I touched it. I attempted it. I'm doing burpees. Yeah. And then they would do this little flounder fluttery thing on the ground and just kind of looked like they were twitching. Yeah. And that was like, well, technically my knees, my feet, and everything came up off the ground. I did a burpee, but yet it wasn't a proper burpee. Yeah. You know, and that's the only reason I had to define it because the, there was a loophole and, you know, the technical technicalities of a burpee and they were trying to get past it. Yeah. You either do it or you don't and you should be. Well, it's like the things you've seen. I don't know if you've seen the videos of the guys doing the, uh, 
setting the world record. Yeah. And you're like, what? What? And oh, did that little flounder thing that yeah, someone talking, talking about, about that little flounder, little twitch thing. And they did the same thing with the guy doing like the push-ups. I mean, he yeah. kind of moves like half an inch. It's like, like what are you? <laughs> Which is quite impressive because he had to practice that. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you doing a push-up? Or are you having sex with the floor? I mean, what are you doing? Oh, <laughs> Whatever they are doing, they're good at it. Yeah, they are. But I mean, it's one of those things. It's that's like you said. They had to define it for Spartan to say, okay, this is a real burpee. Mm-hmm. You have to, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's something else they did, too, at the parade. They had some Spartan representative. I've not seen his face before, but he seemed pretty popular. He was on stage, do like, showing everybody, okay, this is how you need to do the burpee. And he was, they had, like, already prepared videos of how to do the obstacles. This is acceptable. This is not acceptable. And so that's good. And there was yeah. no variable of what's not acceptable. Right. Yeah. There was no questions asked. Like, there were some people on the course out there, you know, who were, like, would complain about, no, I need, my hands weren't on there. I didn't, you know, this, that, or the other. And they're just like, no, go do your burpees. Yeah. So, and it's unfortunate because I get that there's, like, an intimidation factor, I guess, with Spartan races. Um, but I guess I personally see it as like a mindset. If you're going to let something talk, if you're going to talk yourself out of a race or complain about it, you know, that sucks. How are you challenging yourself then yeah. to what a Spartan race actually is or should be? Yeah, yeah. And it should be Spartan. It should be challenging. Right. And, that, and that's kind of, that was my thing is I've always felt like, you know, you've got the warrior, you've got terrain, you've got all those who are the ones that you go and do for fun right. I mean they're challenging like terrain and warrior they have ones yeah. that are challenging yeah. but they're the ones that you do to step up to Spartan right to train right you know train. I mean I can't say anything about Tough Martyr I've never done a Tough Martyr it's like a hike with some obstacles see and that's it I mean there's people that, there are people that are die hard like you gotta do a Tough Martyr it's great it's blah 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 and I'm like if you got the time because you know you're gonna be standing in line a good 45 minutes to an hour and a half that's what I've heard to do an obstacle and if you got time for that like I said it's a hike even though I did see on like social media today, everyone's talking about because Tough Mudder, Toughest Mudder is this weekend. Yeah. And did you see the stacks? Mm-hmm. Which oh. is a totally different experience from... That looks like fun. The regular Tough Mudder. Mm-hmm. You, you don't want to do the stacks? No. Um, even Jesse and I had a conversation earlier. He would be willing to push me off that thing. Oh, I would too. That is how... Uh-uh, not about that. You I would get up. up and, like, look down and, nope, change point. my mind. I mean, that's the one thing, why, one of the reasons I've always told people I don't want to do a Tough Mudder is I don't, I don't like electrical shock. Yeah, it's overrated. I don't like <laughs> it at all. I mean, even as a kid, I do remember, like, you know, you'd play the game of, you know, you'd grab someone's <laughs> hand and then grab the electrical fence so you could sh- shock them. But I still, I don't like being shocked. And that's been my, my whole excuse for not doing a Tough Mudder. Right. And everyone's like, well, you could just walk around that. And I'm like, but that's not the point. Right. Yeah. Why yeah. do the race if I'm not going to do the obstacle? Yeah. Once you've done the Tough Mudder the first time, you can go. They have a secondary obstacle that you can do without going through the yeah. shock thing. And I, I, I did the Tough Mudder, and I got shocked. And it's kind of cool. It's like getting hit with a baseball bat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no big You're deal. You're definitely, like, talking me just into this now. Get hit with a baseball bat. It's just like getting hit with a baseball bat. It's a great... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You should definitely be the marketing manager for them. <laughs> Wait, what I'm saying is you won't forget it. Yeah. There's a lot of other things I won't forget that were pleasurable experiences. Well, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 
but yeah, so I mean, that's always been, but it's one of those things, you know, if it was me, if I went, I would have to do it just because that's, mm-hmm. I have to experience it, mm-hmm. you know, Yeah. and that's why the stacks, I mean, I would love that, but I was the guy, like, as a teenager, like, we'd go river rafting, and we'd find cliffs, and go climb the cliffs, and jump off, and it was always like, Mike, you go first, if he lives, we're all going, <laughs> you know, so I was that guy, I just like, cool, let's go jump off it and see what happens, right, yeah. always jump where the guy that jumped off before you, mm-hmm. yeah, that was the thing. Um, never jump first. Yeah. I, I have an aunt in California that told my parents she would never, never babysit me again. Because she babysat <laughs> me when I was like seven or eight. And we decided that we were going to go down and play in the river. And she turned her head away for a minute. And she said, all of a sudden, she turns around and I'm about 40 feet climbing up this cliff. Hmm. And she said the wrong words, which was get down. And I said, cool. <laughs> and just launched myself off the cliff into the water. And she's like, nope, don't let that kid in one near me. No, He's insane. So I have no problem. I I love that. Yeah, I would have a problem with that. We like we definitely throw you off. A fear thing, and now I don't appreciate that so later. If they, if they have the stacks here, we should all do tough martyr, and we'll do it together. And me and you can just grab Secretly. her, you know, yeah, and I just thought, chuck her off. <laughs> and we'll make sure someone's at the bottom to get video of it because it, yeah, no, we'll want witnesses that we didn't kill her on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> it's not our fault. She landed on her head. As long as I get through it, you know, I guess that's all that matters. It's the experience. True. You know, it's all about experiences. Yeah. So you going back to Greece? To Greece next year? Absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. You know, one of the um, most awesome things I experienced in that race was the fact that there was people there from all over the world. And, and see, that is, yeah. So, what I like as I'm going through my own experience. And there was part where I was so depleted on Sunday that, like, my inner core was cold. And for whatever, it was just depletion of everything I had. Yeah. But I'm running along, and there's these guys and gals that were there um, speaking absolutely a foreign language to me. I don't know, even understand what countries they were from. And we're running along next to each other, just having a conversation. And two different absolutely bizarre languages to each other, not even attempting to speak the other person's language. But yet we were communicating. Yeah. And the message got across. Right. It was just this weird, like, primal DNA thing that it totally changed my perception of, like, here in the States, this is the first time I've ever been out of the country. I mean, I went to Canada for, like, half a day. Doesn't count. <laughs> no, it doesn't count. You know, but the, what they what we get inundated with all this information from the, all the different medias, and I had this perception of what it was going to be like when I went to this other country. And definitely the perception of how I was going to be treated by being an American. Um, yeah, because most media says that as Americans, they hate us. Right. You know what? That's absolutely. They right. loved us. Mm-hmm. Everything over there, there's American music. They love everything about us. It's a lie. All those people there, we had an American flag out there. Everybody had their flags. This whole OCR thing, the Spartan community and everything, there was all those borders and ideals were all left behind. All the, we were all just people mm-hmm. doing this amazing thing together. Mm-hmm. And all that stuff that we're told here was just went out the window. I was taken back. I was like, no, no, hold on. I know how these people are supposed to treat me. And they didn't do it like that. I went through Athens. We all did. Went through Athens and around Greece and everything. And they were the nicest people. Mm-hmm. There was. I always had this reservation, like, maybe somewhere they're going to find out I'm, I'm, from, I'm an American, you know, and they're going to start treating me in a certain manner, right? Yeah. I was always ready, prepared to deal with that, and it never happened. 
So that's awesome. That that is really cool. I mean, I I definitely want to go. I mean, I've never I've never been to Europe. Probably I've really traveled to Hawaii, which I will tell you the Hawaii races they're a lot like that. I mean, not as much because I mean it's so you know Americans, but you still get a lot of people like Australians. A lot of Australians go to the Hawaii races yeah. because a lot of them it's like it's cheaper to get an airfare and fly to Hawaii than to do a race in their own country because it's so expensive in Australia, mm-hmm. but. So you end up with a lot of Australians and a lot of other people go to Hawaii. Because Hawaii's people don't realize how far Hawaii actually is from here. Mm-hmm. It's a good distance. It's actually Hawaii. I think is closer to some of the countries in Europe and stuff like that. In Australia, Australia it's closer to Australia than it is to us. Mm-hmm. So that's a cool one, mm-hmm. you know. But I've never been to been to Europe. And like think... you said, going out of state country. Mm-hmm. I've been to Canada. I've been, you know, I've been up. I've stayed weekends in Canada and stuff like that. I've never really been... I've been to Tijuana, but that's the closest I've been to Mexico, and that's not really Mexico. So, yeah. Something I appreciated outside of, like, going to Sparta to do a Spartan race, I'm so glad that I took the time off to, like, make a vacation out of it, too. Like, yes, we were there to race, but the whole week prior... And, yes, you know, having taken a week of vacation in Greece prior to the race... It probably says a lot about my race results, but um, it was absolutely beautiful. Uh, yeah. Just you have to make a vacation. Out. Absolutely, it was so awesome. The people, the people were awesome, especially like in Athens. So Athens, the average um, monthly income is six eighty a month, and the average rent in Athens is seven twenty. They're poor. Wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're poor. But those people are poor and happy, unlike what you see over here. Their neighborhoods, they have this graffiti. At first glance, I was taken back by their neighborhoods because all their buildings are like, they're rebuilt on foundations that were like centuries and centuries old. And plus, remember, they were occupied in World War II. Yeah. And a lot of those buildings are still there. They just modified them a little bit. Yeah. But they're still existing in all these old skinny streets. And there's graffiti everywhere, but it's really artistic graffiti. But, not, these, yeah. but these people are, you look at it because of what we know, we compare it to, like, say, our neighborhoods. Yeah. Our bad neighborhoods, right? Well, those people are poor and happy. Our people are poor and, like... Angry. Are angry about what they don't have. Yeah. These people are happy about the little they have. Then they still exist the same way, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's a mm-hmm. weird thing, man. That is weird. I mean, it's not uh, weird. I mean, it's awesome. I mean, right. don't, don't you refreshing. wish... refreshing. Right, I mean, just don't you grateful. wish you could have that feelings? I mean, you can, but I mean, that you would see that more often of people that are more, yeah. they're happy about what they have rather than what they don't. And I, I think that's really, from what I've heard from other people and seen, I think that's really an American, I mean, there are some oh, other yeah. country cultures that are like that, but mm-hmm. it's really typically an American thing of, uh, hey, you know, I want that, so Great. I'm pissed because I don't have it. Yeah. Where, you know, you get countries like that where, I mean, they're happy with what they do have, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're a spoiled we are. We're a spoiled country. Mm-hmm. Greedy. Right. Spoiled yeah. and greedy. Right. It was so refreshing to be around that, like, type, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Like me, I hate money. I hate the idea of money. I hate all of it because it just... You see people get unhappy and upset and everything else over something that really doesn't exist. No. I mean, it's something as simple as money. And I mean, I, I'm... Yeah. Money... Money, we can touch on that topic. Um, money doesn't provide us happiness. No. Money, when people chase money or the lack of money or the, they want more money, 
it's because of the things that they attach to it. Yeah. So they well, see that if they have more money, that means they can get this thing. It's really that thing that makes them happy. It's not the money. Because yeah. money is just a dirty is piece of A lot of times, people, it's not just that thing. Once they get that thing, now what's the next thing? Mm-hmm. And right. that's where the problem runs into is we have a society and people that they're all more worried about that next thing than what the thing that they just bought. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I just bought this brand new computer. Hey, that one's better. Mm-hmm. I want that one now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, hey, I got this computer that does everything I needed to do. Right. But that one, that one does this. That's that the I, newest edition. Yeah, that's newest, and that's great, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. But it really doesn't do anything better than what mine does, except for it has a really cool, like, picture on it. Or it's yeah. got more memory that Hence I'm never going to fill this memory. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. I have a six, and I'm fine with my six. Yeah. And the only reason I have a six is because I broke my five. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's like, I'm not... I don't need the brand new one. And, you know, I have a bo- like one of my old bosses. I mean, he would literally, like the day a new iPhone comes out, he would have me go buy the brand new $1,200 phone hmm. so that he could have the best iPhone out there. And I'm like, why? Right. Yeah. Nobody's right. going to notice when you pull out your phone that, hey, look, I've got the brand new. And then in six months, they're going to come out with another one. Exactly. And what's it do for you? Yeah. It, it really just, it, it makes us so that we feel like we're close to that status of the people that we look at. And for me, I just, I just want to be happy. I want my family, I want my friends, and I want to be able to do races. Right. But like you said, you got to do the vacation. I, I've never been the type, and I, I see people do it all the time, that leave Friday night, go to freaking California, run their race Saturday, jump on a plane, and come back. And I'm like, why? Yeah, I've done it. It's busy. So many times. And, and I mean, I I have. I did it for Vegas one year um, just because I had to be back for something. So we flew out Friday. We went to the race and then sat, you know, like we did the race. And then literally, I mean, I think I was in Vegas less than 24 hours. Right. You know, and as soon as the race was done, we drove right back to the hotel, took a quick shower, and then jumped on a plane and flew home. Yeah. Right. And I enjoyed the race. But... I just I didn't enjoy the the trip as much. The time, yeah. So that's why normally now when we do Vegas, we almost always leave Thursday night, Thursday or Friday, one of the two. Well, Vegas is the Vegas race isn't in Vegas. No, it's in, it's in Arizona. We so we'll leave, that, right? Yeah, we'll <laughs> leave like either Friday morning or Thursday night, and when we go into Vegas, then we drive up to St. George, Utah, and that's where we'll stay. Hmm. And then Sunday after the race, we. We'll drive back to Vegas, but then we stay until Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So we make a vacation out of it, and we have fun in Vegas and do whatever. And um, like you said, it's kind of one of those things like you you don't always want to make the vacation before the race, right? Because then a lot of times you've done stupid stuff on your vacation right. and lounging. Exactly. But then the problem you run into is like Hawaii. I always want to be there first because you got to acclimate to that weather. Yeah, and the sleeping. Oh my yeah. gosh! So you got to kind of acclimate to where you're at. So it gets kind of it's a catch-21 because mm-hmm. you don't want to, you know, you don't want to get, like, before the race, sit there and, you know, drink a bunch and do a whole bunch of stuff and dehydrate mm-hmm. yourself and everything else, but you want to acclimate. Yeah. But you still want to make it a vacation, you know. You're right. you're in You're in Greece. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You're in I think overall, you know, next year, if I go back, I think what I would do differently is plan it so that I, when I get there, I race first and then vacation afterwards because the acclimation part wasn't so hard for me the sleeping because it's like a nine hour difference over there 
Um, that, I think I could deal with being tired for a couple of races, like sleepy tired. Um, it was just all of the vacationing that we did. The food. The week. Yeah, yeah, they serve bread with everything. Talk about a week-long carb up. Oh, my God, it was great. Yeah. Um, I think that's what I would, the only thing I would do differently. And that's not to say, like, I don't regret, you know, how we did things. Absolutely not. I mean, we were in but Greece it's, for... It's not regretting it. It's just thinking, okay, when I go back to do this exactly, next time. Exactly. Because that's... The first year, like for Hawaii, the first year I did Hawaii, we flew in Friday, and I raced Saturday morning. Yeah. So I had no acclimation to the weather. Right. No nothing. Right. That's you know? kind of the experience. So, I mean, in my sick, twisted mind, the more uncomfortable it is, the better the experience. And see, I agree in a lot of ways, but partly for me, I have one of the biggest things that I have an issue with personally, and I've always had an issue with, is heat. My body does not react well to heat. Hmm. So for me to go from here where it's 70 degrees and like 40% humidity to suddenly go to Hawaii where it's 85 degrees and 98% humidity it destroyed me mm -hmm. yeah um like the one year th that first year I got sick I mean like super mm -hmm. sick out on the course mm -hmm. so that's why you know the next year what we did is we were there a week and then raced but then you run into the problem of now I've been drinking all week and because <laughs> I'm in Hawaii right. you gotta have my ties <laughs> you know so I've been drinking all week and doing whatever all week and then all of a sudden I need to go get out on the course and now I'm dehydrated because I've been mm -hmm. fueling myself with alcohol for four right. days so we pretty much found like the last time and of course this is the one we didn't actually end up not racing you going to Hawaii this year oh yeah because you know we ended up not racing because of the, the nice weather <laughs> stupid lane but uh basically going on Wednesday to Wednesday so that way you get that you know, makes sense you get a couple of days to acclimate and do whatever <laughs> and then you get your two days of racing and then you get a few days after to go like do the drinking and do all the stuff that you want you know yeah so. that was one thing I it was kind of rough for me because Athens was my absolute favorite yeah. I loved being there and we had planned so we did the race on Saturday, Sunday, and then we left on Monday morning. And so we were hoping to get from Sparta to Athens was like a two and a half hour drive. And so we were hoping that we could get back to Athens in time to do some last minute, like yeah. buying gifts or looking around or, you know, just kind of a last minute thing. But we were so dead tired. We had no time. We got to the hotel and passed right out, you yeah. know. So I think that that's something next time I want to do differently and probably visit an island because it was cool to, like, be on the coast, you know. The, oh, God, it was beautiful, but I want to go to an island next time. Yeah, I definitely want to. I, I want to go and do it. But like I said, I think for me it would be one of those go, like I found in Hawaii. You know, you have a few days to acclimate right. beforehand. Make sure you have at least two days, mm -hmm. you know, and then you don't have to you don't have to try and cram in all the fun stuff that you want to do. And that was kind of like exactly. I said, when we were there and we were going to leave right after we raced, it was we crammed everything in. Exactly. Like we did the luau. We did all that stuff. You know, before the race, by the time the race came, I mean, I was, I've been drinking for <laughs> Sunburn because you've been laying <laughs> on the beach you've been out on, laid out on the beach. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, because you try and cram everything in and it's right. like, well, I got to get all this in before the race because we're leaving right after. Exactly. So, yeah. so I think if you do like, I it say, doesn't mean you got to get all the drink up. Shush. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Hawaii. I got to drink. You know, <laughs> I need my Mai Tais. Uh, I've never seen anywhere where they say 
pre-race nutrition involves alcohol. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's why you have time after the race for after the race nutrition. But you're a grown man. Don't let me tell you anything. <laughs> <laughs> and you even know that it hurts you, but it's cool. I, I know. I like I said. I I, I know it does, but. But I mean, for me, it sounds really bad. But that's my last vice. That's the last one. I've quit all the drugs. I've quit smoking. I've quit everything else. The last one I have is my alcohol. You know, that's another thing too out there. Free race alcohol. Well, no, no free race alcohol. I've been, I've been stopped doing that. I mean, I my 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 free race no is no longer a steak and a whiskey and coke. I mean, it's whiskey and rum or rum and coke now. But. <laughs> Change it up. You know, um, kind of off topic as what we're talking about, but I'd like to say that um, there was a point in the pre-race like event that they had on Friday before the in Greece yeah. that they did like touch on on the screen said night sprints. Yeah, they're going to start year. night sprints next year. Oh, <laughs> like in Greece? No, no like everywhere. everywhere. Spartan race. They kind of didn't talk about it. They just flashed it on. The, they had this big, like, uh, what do they call those, like, tele-things? Yeah. <laughs> Megatron. They call it Megatron. Is it called the Megatron? I don't know. It's things. a gigantic TV. Yeah, big ass TV. But yeah. they, throughout these videos, every now and then, they would pause, and they would reset, you know, the feeds. And in between, it was night sprints. I got a couple, um, no, I didn't. My phone wouldn't pick them up. But it said night sprint on there. I'll have to look. I'll have to look that. Because I know the one thing is, like, I noticed uh, Vegas this year is usually it's always a sprint super weekend but they flipped it this year where normally it's a super on saturday and a sprint on sunday this year it's the opposite it's right. the sprint on saturday and the super on sunday which i thought was interesting because i mean normally you know you make it yeah. usually i always figured they did it that way because the super first because after the super's over with they could take down that part of the course right and then they'd have logistically it makes sense but yeah. for some reason and Vegas, it's the opposite this year, yeah. which is good because, I mean, it sounds bad, but I've had a habit the last couple of years of getting hurt or doing something on the super and then not doing the sprint the, the next The pre-race yeah. nutrition thing. Yeah. That's right, your pre-race yeah, alcohol booze. Hey. <laughs> Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsor. Gray's Harbor Unders makes the performance-based layer clothing you want and need. Whether you work, hunt, hike, fish, run, or ride in the great outdoors. If you work up a sweat, Gray's Harbor Unders are for you. Because their unique dual-layer fabric removes moisture from your body and keeps your skin dry. Even when the outer layer is completely wet. It's a base layer like no other. Get you some at ghunders.com. That's ghunders.com. For the best performance-based layer you'll ever wear. And we're back. You know, one other thing, too, that I guess was different about Greece or the race itself was the court. That was, like, the most diverse course I have ever ran. The Beast, especially, it was, like, it started in town. You run through Sparta. You start sort of by the statue of Leonidas. Yeah. And you run past some of, like, the ancient, you know, some cool stuff that Sparta has. Um, But then you run through. They send you up through a couple of different mountains and then you go through like orange groves and olive groves and then back into town it was like the most diverse course i have ever seen ever experienced yeah and it wasn't just they didn't just like um from what i'm used to here they didn't just take the super and the sprint from the day before and connect them and be like hey this is going to be your beast so you're running through these two courses and you're like hey i already been through this thing the day before there was a separate course 
A fully separate yeah. beast. Oh, fully yeah. separate beast experience. It was so The spear good. throws, everything. Mm-hmm. The only thing that was the same was running through the city. Yeah, the yeah. start and the finish yep. were pretty much the same. But it was the whole experience was different. I mean, I was like, okay, I can handle that stuff um, from sat- Saturday because I went, I did the sprint and the super, or the super and the sprint. But um, so in my mind, we kind of have an idea. Yeah, but no, but no, no, they robbed that from me, <laughs> <laughs> which is good, right? I, mean, I thought so. Because right. it's one of those. I'm one of those. I never look at the maps. Right. You know, everyone's yeah. always like, "Hey, is the map up?" Did you see like, the map? No, because for one. I'm I'm old and I have no memory, so I'm not going to remember it by the time I get out there. Because I'll be on the ma- on the course, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, the next obstacle is supposed Why to be." Why do you need a map like, on a guided, yeah. marked out trail? I know. So they're all like, "Oh what? well," so people know what's coming up and they can be ready for it. Right. Like, that's the that's problem. part of the fun. I don't want to be ready. The for element it. of surprise. They used to um, put the maps out there to screw your head up because they were lies. Yeah. The map used the mile markers were lies. The obstacles were lies. Everything was all a lie. And then they'd have the... the but now, since like we get back to the watering down, now the maps have to be almost quite accurate. right accurate yeah. because people get their feelings hurt. Yeah. Because yeah. if you remember, I mean, I remember when I first started, they always had, like, mystery obstacles. Yeah. So they'd be like, okay, there's this, 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 yeah. and then all of a sudden there's the mystery, and there'd be, like, a blacked-out part that Question you couldn't mark. see. Yeah. Right. What was going and what obstacle? You're like, oh. like the little plus sign after the miles of, yeah. say, the super, because you don't know. Right. In the past, quite few races that I ran last year and the year before, they were pretty close to the exact miles yeah. of what they advertised, because there was quite a few people that like, well, I didn't train for that. I didn't train for ten miles when it says an eight mile race. You know, what I mean, that whole thing I think is getting ruined. It is. So and, and like I said, I mean, the 13 plus, I've always liked that because, you know, you tell people 13 plus and they're like, well, what does that mean? I'm like, exactly what it says. Right. It's 13 you're right. plus. You're going to figure it out. <laughs> and you'll figure it out when you're out there. Like right. the beast out there in Greece, it was 17 miles. They said. Yeah. 17. It was 20. Yep. Yeah. And that's like the, you know, like I said, the, you know, I came coming back to the Montana beast, that first one I did. But yeah, it was 19 something miles. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it was 13 plus. Right. Right. And did I train right. for 13 plus? No, I trained for 13. Right. And then all of a sudden, when I'm seeing mile marker 19, I'm like, I'm dying, but right. I'm going to go. I mean, and really, what's the difference of doing, you know, 15 miles to 20 miles? You've done five miles. I mean, yeah. five miles more is not going to change your amount of suffering. No. You're already in a world of sh- shit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <you. Okay. laughs> I'm trying over here. That's fine. It's only the I'm programmed line. a certain way, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying? It's like, there's no difference. You're already in this realm. What's the extra miles going to do and except for make it easier on you? You signed up. I mean, so you're 13 miles into this thing, and it turns out to be 15 miles. You can't just quit and turn around and walk back 13 miles. That's stupid. Yeah. I mean, well, you got two miles for free. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Woo! Well, that's what I, I'll be honest. That's, I mean, I like John, the guy that does all the, the announcing now for most of the races, but I miss Dustin. You, you probably never met, saw Dustin. You remember Dustin. Mm-hmm. Dustin was the one that could, I mean, he would get you hyped up to go die. Right. Much, you know, and one of his favorite phrases, and I love this, is he'd sit there and be like, okay, I just got to tell you this. Don't dive. Don't do this. And for anything else, you signed a waiver. 
you know? Right. And that was, like, my favorite thing. It's That's like, you signed a waiver. That was one thing, like, especially on Sunday at the beach, I was dead tired. Talk yeah. about, talk about self-discipline to haul my rear end to that start line when I did not want to. No. Oh, my goodness. But the guy there, like, I got chills for just him talking about, you know how they start a yeah. Spartan race, blah, 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 and, he, and, and yeah. they say, they announce whatever venue, like Spartan race here in Seattle or Vegas yeah. or whatever. But for him to actually say, like, Sparta was just, I got yeah. chills. I'm like, wow. And, I mean, it cool. sounds bad, but a good announcer can change right. so oh, yeah. much. I oh, mean, yeah. Dustin, I remember he did a uh, it was one of the Montana races. He came out and actually did the speech from Independence Day. Hmm. And you know what's what I'm talking about, the one way he's talking about. When today we're, you know, yeah. we're not one country, we're one, you know, world yeah. or whatever. And does that whole speech. And by the end of it, you just had chills. And yeah. I'd done Montana. I knew what was going to happen when he said go. But still, I was like, yeah! Right. You That's know, how this was. You're like a mile into it and you're like, damn, Dustin. Right. <laughs> That's another thing they, I feel like um, they've lost. And maybe just to the corporate part of Spartan Race. Is like when I first started, there was a guy. Yeah, Spartan has that video. Um, How bad do you want it? Yeah. It's a black and white video. That guy that's talking in that video was at the races, and he would actually. Another good example is um, who is it? Uh, the race that fell. Um, the, Which one? The not the train race, not the Battle frog, frog race. Uh, oh, Battlefrog. Battlefrog. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. Every starting line, it wasn't this cookie cutter stamp yeah. speech. He actually would touch you, you know, with his, what, what he was saying. He would get, like, into this thing and get you emotionally involved. Yeah. It wasn't like, okay, 15 minutes later, we got another one. I'm going to reiterate this thing. I'm going to push through it. Yeah. And that's yeah. just it. I mean, when Dustin was doing it, I don't know if it was a corporate thing or whatever. And, I mean, I know I keep talking about Dustin, but Dustin's the one I remember at that time. Is uh, It was an experience. It was an experience. And, I mean, he would come out, and it wasn't a cookie cutter. I mean, there was a, a lot of time it was kind of the same thing because there were certain things he had to say. Right. So he but would say those, but other than that, he'd personalize it, and he'd just get you going. And, I mean, it's yeah. one of those things, and, I mean, nothing against the guy who does it now, John, but I think it's a corporate thing where they've decided, okay, it's a cookie cutter, and they need to go back to the just have somebody up there and really go. And, I mean, that was what was cool in Hawaii this year because, I mean, they canceled the races, but they still, they're like, okay, we canceled the races, we're sorry, come to this part, this bar, and we're all going to party. Mm-hmm. And you had Dingo, who had no cookie-cutter speeches, no nothing. He's just up on stage with the microphone telling people to come out and do these challenges on the dance floor and do this, and he's having fun. And mm-hmm. it gave you that feeling of the old Spartan where it was just like, yeah, you really wanted to go out and do it. Where, mm-hmm. I mean, not to sound bad, I don't get that feeling in the crowd anymore where you get those those chills and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get this. Right. And you're like, eh, the race is about to start. It's the same so speech. I'm so glad you said that. It's the yeah. same speech you hear yeah. three states away. I've yeah. been noticing that, especially this year. Don't I don't get, get the, as yeah. hyped. I'm just like, yeah, 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 yeah. And if you get the right people out there, I mean, you know, I mean, you know Dingo. Dingo's one that, I mean, he, he can get you hyped up just because yeah. he's, he's Dingo. But, I mean, there's some guys out there that, you know, like, Dustin could do it, and others, and I'm honestly, I'm sure John could do it if they would take Change away, yeah. take away the cookie cutter and just say, okay, John, you need to cover this, 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 and this. In between but that, that, in between that, do yours. whatever you want, right. right, and get the crowd going, and that's part of it, part of it, you right? Because that's, that's a good that race is a big deal to a lot of people. I mean, I personally, I do a bunch of them, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like going to work for me, but there's people out there that that's a big like bridge or crossing in life. Yeah. 
and it's a big step for them and they need to have that experience almost like the guy that's the announcer is talking to them personally yeah right not just this crowd of people because exactly. if you hear that speech as you're walking up to the 15 there's the crowd that's ha- gonna raise 15 minutes before you that speech isn't new no it's the same thing you know it's like mm-hmm. eating the same box of macaroni and cheese <laughs> You still got a box of macaroni and cheese until you spice it up with ketchup. You know, and when you get guys, people like us that did, how many races did you do this year? Oh, God, I don't know. See? This year wasn't, for me, wasn't too busy. No. I think we got three trifectas, um, including, not including Greece. But mm-hmm. th- that's because we came up with the idea of going Greece. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, that, but that's it, though. I mean, so if you got three trifectas, that's nine races right there. At least. At yeah. least. We did. I, I personally did more than nine yeah. races, but next year so, I got the pass. I'm how many speeches did you hear that were different? None. Just, That's the thing, too. They were all it's the like, exact same. I can remember at my very first race in SoCal last year, the guy, I think it was John, probably was like, it was that, it was like that moment for me. I was like, oh my God, like I got emotional. I'm yeah. here. This is big. And he had said, like, so you guys are here for whatever reason it is that brought you out here. And, like, I was running through all of that in my head. I was like, holy cow. I have not heard that line since then. And I have not been, like, emotionally touched, you know, in that way at a start line since then. I'm like, ah. But I'm so glad you brought it up. And that's just it. I mean, it's one of those things that, I mean... I can remember when I started, I mean, it was, you know, like I said, I mean, every start line, you're like, yeah. Right. And I mean, I did, you know, three my first year, and then I did, what, I got double, I think double trifecta the next year. Mm -hmm. But that's the year I broke my foot, too. Yeah. But, you know, it was one of those, every start line, you were like, yeah. Right. You know, and you got hyped up, and then all of a sudden, it was like they went to a cookie cutter, just... Right. It's the same speech everywhere, and you just... And that's why, like, I was so, it was just so awesome that Sparta, it was different. And yeah. it was, like, it brought those chills back. And, I was like, and that's oh what they God. need again. They need to bring that up. And like I said, just right. say, hey. Yeah. Oh, you know what was a big difference, too? Um, and Greece and uh, whoever, how they put those things together, was the DJ. So much better. The music was amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, it wasn't the cookie cutter crap. Oh, no, my God. The, the trash we hear at those races. <laughs> right. I mean. There's some, like, races where this music has nothing. The, the correlation to it doesn't have anything. It's like listening to the pop radio, you know? Yeah, and that's exactly what it is. But the DJs over there, the guys yeah, were actually mixing up... Hype music. ...beats and stuff, yeah, you know? Awesome. It was beautiful. Yeah. I'm not, not really into that robot music, you know, but if it's done right, <laughs> it's the right meat, robot right music. music to have at those yeah. kind of events. Yeah. And that's what you want. It's just driving. Especially at the finish line. Yeah. That's where you and get your adrenaline. It seems like the ones here, it almost seems like all they do is they put on, like... Hey, here's the dance hits for the last year. Yep. Here's and the popular songs. Yeah. Right, because there's right. some Pandora ridiculous station. music right. that goes on. They have their Pandora station that's like dance music Pandora. Right. right. And that's. <laughs> and why is the guy yeah. even up there being a DJ? Right. Because he's really not, you know. He's like the lost and found there guy. There used who to also be DJs. The <laughs> there used to be DJs, and I get it because DJs are expensive, but I think it'd be a great opportunity for a DJ to be allowed to be a DJ. Yeah. 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 The yeah, other there, thing, there are things they need to do better again here. Yeah. The other thing, too, that was different out there is at the start line, you walk. You walk a certain day, and it's like, okay, go! And you walk. And you have, like, these, I don't remember what he called them, escorts. These yeah. guys walking in front of you all Spears decked and out in the stuff. Spartan gear. Yeah. They walk, it was like a thing of respect or something. 
Yeah. Um, and I don't know how long it was that you had to start off. Start so you start off with these guys walking, and yeah. then all of a sudden they just step off the side and you take off running? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. how it was. That's kind of cool. It was, yeah. it was different. It was interesting. It was well, cool. no, that's one thing like they say. Uh, they keep saying they're going to bring the gladiators back. And right. I missed the gladiators. With the pugil sticks. Yeah, I started, when I started, I started like the year after they quit. So it was like 2014 mm. was like the last year of the, the, the gladiators, and then I never saw them again. Mm. I never saw them. So I've heard so much about them. But it was cool. It was cool. So there they had the lot. gladiators? Oh, there were a lot there. No, no, they no, didn't no, have no. the gladiators at the end where they actually hit you. Yeah. Oh, They used what? to have gladiators that would have... Hit you? Yeah, you sticks. know what a stick is? Oh, no, they didn't they, hit us, but yeah. they would give us high fives. <laughs> no, they guys, stood there all serious, but with one hand out, make sure you give them a high five. That was weird. Uh, they look like big Q-tips. Oh. Yeah, big Q-tips. Oh, they beat you. Yeah, they no, beat you. They didn't have that. Yeah. And they you had also to get past had, them to get to the finish line. They had uh, oh, easy peasy. I'm just kidding. But they had girls dressed up in like goddess gears, handing out the medals. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Amazing. But they were did backwards. You buy, huh? Did you buy one of those those outfits for? I got um, a gold leaf. <laughs> I got a gold leaf crown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, you just ruined my Christmas present. <laughs> tell them about the tunnel. The tunnel. Oh yeah, they had a tunnel that was like it was an obstacle they didn't tell you about. They and the, at the pre-race thing where they had like the the ceremony on Friday night, they yeah, told you right. those is for the competitive heats, the age groups and the elites. There's gonna be an obstacle that tested your fears. It's perfectly safe. But it would challenge your fears, right? So it was basically like um, like an aqua, aqueduct, right? Not like the ancient ones we all think about, but it was an aqueduct that went out of the city mm-hmm. channeling water. And we went through this thing, and this tunnel was like, I'd say at least a half mile underneath the city. And it Pitch said, black. once you come out of this tunnel, you'll, what's it, you'll, be to this, you'll be a Spartan or something like that. And you went and climbed down this like janky ladder and went in this tunnel. There was no light or anything there. They gave you these glow sticks, and it was kind of different. Like you could stand up in it, or yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, I think I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking like. But it was black. If I had to was... get down and crawl, I'd be like. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it no. was dark. It was. Yeah. That it was, was different too. It was kind of refreshing because it, it was, was cold. cold down there, and I'm just like, oh. No. Yeah, but you had to feel the walls. That's cool. To fit, you know, to see where you're going and stuff. Yeah. Hmm, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm talking about me and. Uh, my friend Don, I'm not sure if you've met Don yet. Uh, he's a guy I've known Don since preschool, but uh, he started doing Spartan with me. Nice. And we're actually talking about he's the one that did the half marathon or the full marathon with me, but stopped at like mile 22. Oh, yeah. Dumbass. But yeah, How he dare just he was in so much pain, and I'm like, okay, dude, I get it. So I'm like, I and at that point, I was so tired, I wasn't gonna, I couldn't argue. I'm just like, dude, if you're if you're at right. that point, you're I'm, in your own thing. At this I, I've got to go because at this point, if I stop to try and help you or do anything, my I'm legs aren't going gonna, aren't going to work. Yeah. As it was, like one ankle like locked up by the time we finished. But <laughs> but uh, we're gonna do. There's one that starts at uh, Snoqualmie Pass, a full marathon. It starts at Snoqualmie Pass and comes all the way down to North Bend, and part of it is a two like two mile the old. Uh, I think I saw you. The old railroad tunnel. About that. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's close, and you have to go through that. Yeah. yeah. So, and it says that you should bring a light because, like, when you go in, they like you can see a little pinpoint of light that's the end of the tunnel at the other side. So. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna do that because it's one of those he he wants to do one. He wants to finish one, and I told him if he ever decided he wanted to do one, I'll go with him since he went with me. Yeah. So, and that one's a good one because it's it's all downhill. When is that one? Uh, they they do it three times. They oh, actually wow. do it in June, 
like the June 10th, I think, mm -hmm. and then one time in August, but I figure I'll probably be in Hawaii at that point, so I won't do that one, or September, and the one in September is like the weekend after the Beast here. Oh, boy. So, we think we're going to do the one in June, probably. Yeah. So, we got to start training for that, but it's downhill, and they said a lot of people actually do that one as their uh, Boston qualifier, because you end up getting your PR, right. because right. you're going, and it's not like a full, it's like a s gradual downhill yeah. for mm -hmm. 26 miles, so. Huh. That's awesome. Yeah. So we're gonna try that one out because we want to go through the tunnel and all that kind of stuff. So it'll be, it'll be fun. Yeah. Something to get us. Because I need to do something. Because well, I'm fat, but. You know. <laughs> I wasn't Actually, gonna say anything. <laughs> no, I've like I said, we talked before this. I mean, I'm working on a lot of like diet issues, and that's my biggest problem is diet. Mm -hmm. And part of it is after I got hurt and I gained the weight, and then I've just been trying to get back. So I go to the Y. I try to go three times a week, and swim. Mm -hmm. because that's one of my, my issues is I, I'm, you know, running hurts my foot too much, so swimming works. Mm -hmm. so right. Swimming for Playing ligaments and stuff, it's great for yeah. it. Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of swimming um, and all that and working on, you know, I've got the, the veggetti so that I can turn my, <laughs> my vegetables into, into noodles. And it's weird. It is, but it's actually, it's like, it's like awesome. I said, we make it's weird. Uh, it's chicken awesome. or fettuccine alfredo or whatever, and mm -hmm. it's like one of Benton's favorite like foods which I don't know, he was there a minute ago. But uh, it's one of his favorite foods, and we actually, when we did it with the, the uh, not a cucumber, the zucchini. Zucchini. And you zucchini noodles, he's like, you just made, like, my favorite food better. <laughs> so he thought it was even better with the zucchini. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's good. I mean, you just got to work on, you know, health and eating healthy, and that's always been one of my, the hard parts for me is the eating part. So mm -hmm. I'm working on finding ways to do that better and, because, damn it, I mean, I'm 40, but it doesn't mean I have to be fat and lazy, so. Hmm. No. No. It doesn't mean you have to be fat and lazy when you're 20, either. No, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, and it's like they say, I mean, you see all those things on Facebook that are like, you know, show the picture of, you know, here's a hamburger for $2, but if you want a salad, you got to pay 6 And it's like, this is why our, why our society's fat. Which is not true, because. <laughs> it's not completely true. <laughs> if you do it You don't right. have to go out and right. buy either one, either. No, you don't. You can make a hamburger or a salad for less than 6 yes. bucks. Right. You exactly. can buy a lot of salad for six bucks. Well, and that's the thing is too is I mean when I when I was working when I before because I mean I've lost I've done it once before where I was almost this size and I dropped down down to two hundred back in like two thousand nine and part of what it was is when I went to a nutritionist the nutritionist flat out told me she's like everything you like to eat your chili your burgers everything else those can be healthy for you mm -hmm. just stop getting them out of a can or getting them at McDonald's. Right. right. She's like, make your own. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, like my chili. I make chili at home. Mm -hmm. I'll make chili. I make soups. Um, usually what we'll do is Sundays, we've made a new thing. We make uh, what we call egg bites, which will basically make like omelet, like you're mm. making an omelet. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then you pour it into... Like a muffin. A muffin tin. Yeah. And then bake it. Yeah. Huh. And then you put those, like two of those in a Ziploc bag, throw them in the freezer, warm them up in the... You know, in the morning before you leave for work, and you've right. got a little egg bite, and that's your, bre your breakfast. You know, and yeah. I, I make my own energy bars that are basically just their oats, honey, and peanut butter. Mm -hmm. But not, I don't buy the. I go to Winco where you can actually grind your own peanuts into peanut butter. So there's yeah. nothing in about peanuts. Right. And put that into you know, and maybe a little bit of cocoa just to for a little bit of extra flavor. Yeah. Heat them all up, mix them together, and I've got a little. Uh, silicone thing that you Shape put them all them. into that shapes them all into bars yep. and there you go there's my there's my oh. energy bars with right. almost nothing in them 
So, I mean, I, I've been really working on trying to find... I did all, a lot of similar stuff when I lost the weight the first time. Mm -hmm. And it was a matter of... I probably ate more calories in a day than I did before. But the way I ate them. I ate healthy. Right. And I would eat every three hours. I was eating something. So, my body would keep continually... You know, yeah. continually burn. Right. Where if you eat like I used to, where it was pretty much I ate dinner, I didn't eat breakfast, I didn't eat lunch. I would come home and have like three servings a day. Mm. Right. I wish but I did that. No, because the problem is <laughs> you, you do that and your, your body goes into starvation mode. Right. And the theory too is that you should have like a lighter, lighter yeah. on the dinner side and like yeah. a good hearty, right. good breakfast and because then hearty yeah. lunch. Like I said, your your body goes into starvation mode. But nutrition is nothing without exercise. Well, exactly. That's it is. true. That is true. But I mean, in all honesty, exercise is nothing without nutrition. Right. So I mean, really, you have to have them both. Mm -hmm. So and that's what I'm working on right now is getting the nutrition and the exercise down. Because I figure if I can swim, eat right, and get my drop. 15 to 20 pounds. It's a balance. Which will be good that it'll take some of the weight off my foot and make it easier for me to run. And then I can start reinstituting running back into my, my cardio. Mm -hmm. And then I can have swimming and running in my cardio. Mm -hmm. And try and get, you know, because I, I want to get to a point, like I've said before, this was supposed to be the year, but I just didn't do it right, that I can get back out there and I'm not just finishing races anymore. I don't want to just finish. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be the guy who helps everybody else finish and right. takes yeah. five hours to finish a race. It comes in last like, hey, look at congratulations. He didn't die out there today. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He's not dead. He had the odds where possibly he would die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's true. But, I mean, and it's one of those things, and I've always been the guy. You know, I help other people. It's like, you know, wash your wool. Yeah. You know, I help get Tony through everything. Yeah. But part of that is because... You know, I probably really wasn't that Sexy much faster. Than, I wasn't that much faster than him anyway, probably. So it probably worked out. But I need, I want to get to a point where, you know, I do feel good when I help somebody else yeah. who may not have finished, help them get there. But I just, I don't want to be that. I don't want to do that because I have to. Yeah. And I think what finally got it was the last couple of races where Benton was waiting for me. Hmm. I wasn't the one. I wasn't helping someone and waiting for somebody, which is the norm. What it's normally yeah. been. Yeah. There was people waiting for me because I was, I was the guy. Right. Yeah. And I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Those so are, I have no problem goal. finishing last if I'm helping somebody. Yeah. But if it's because I'm the problem. Yeah. Now, now, now I don't like it. Well, I think that's a good goal for you. Okay. I think for me, like moving forward, I think something mm -hmm. I'm gonna focus. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and I think a big piece of that is, like, I'm getting... Elise and I talked about it. We did a video that we figured out on Facebook to share. We did a video. <laughs> hey, Elise. Um, <laughs> about burnout. Yeah. And I'm so burnt out with my workout routine. I'm so done and over it. So, like, before I left for Grace, I just was starting a bunch of new stuff. And I'm excited That's to it. get back into that. So, I think that's what I'll... I definitely think it. you could podium. I definitely yeah. know that I can and will. And, and like, I, like you said, the burnout, I think, is one of those things where you just, a lot of people do that. They do the same workouts mm -hmm. over and over and over again, and it just gets to a point that, for one, your muscles, you're only working that side of muscles. Right. You're not working all and of them. And he knew. So you need to work on other ones, plus mm -hmm. you just, you, you get burned out. I mean, that's, honestly, I'll be, this week, for me, has been just mental burnout, because, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Last night was the first night this week that I got home before 10 o'clock. Mm -hmm. 
Right. Because yeah. I, you know, I have other activities I do outside of, you know, outside right. of work. I, you know, I do the comedy. I, you know, we bowl on Monday nights. Plus, I teach. Busy. You know, and I was teaching Tuesday and Thursday. I was teaching OSHA classes in Seattle till nine o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. Then you know everything else. So I mean, it just yeah. you get that burnout of you know, and that's when it comes hard to work out. It's like I'm not getting home till ten. Right. Usually when I go work up, I work out. I get up at four thirty in the morning and go to the gym. Right. That's the thing though. Like, I work out. I exercise a lot. Other than my job being, you know, physically demanding, but we've we always think that like working out and exercising has to be an event. You can yeah. you can do twenty push-ups right now. You can work out for a minute, and that's it. And then, like, an hour later, you work out for another minute. It doesn't have to be this, like, so go to the gym. It's going to take you, say, 45 minutes to get all ready up in your neck. Yep. I know you wear fancy gym clothes. Not and really. I have swim trunks because I swim. Tights. And then... Um, <laughs> Only for you, big boy. And then you get to the gym, and then you do your thing. Now you're looking at almost two hours of your life. Yeah. Right? So then you get home, shower, take your fancy, hang up your pants, because I know you do. And then um, you get home. Now you got three hours committed to this gym experience. And when, in your busy life, you're like, I don't have this time for it. Right. But if you can, like, this exercising, you don't need the gym. No. You know, you got your body weight that you need. That's the whole thing that you're trying to accelerate and move your body faster. Mm -hmm. There's all that mass that you, you have with you all the time. Uh -huh. You can do push-ups. You can do squats. You can do all kinds of things anywhere you're at. And it, it can be two minutes, five minutes, multiple times a day, and it doesn't have to be this no. event. Right. No. And that's so true. I mean, that was one thing, actually, I talked to Dingo for the last episode, and that's one thing he mentioned, that he talks about doing his warm-up is 111 burpees. And everyone's like, how, that, how, do you, how can you do that? That's too many. And he's like, what's funny is you get the same people that tell you that's too many that tell you that, you know, they don't have time to work out. And he's like, 111 burpees takes me 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So I just did a great workout that you said is too much in 15 minutes. And you're telling me that you can't find 15 minutes in a day. Mm -hmm. yep. He's like, you know, and it doesn't have to be 111. If all you can do is 30, do 30. But start somewhere and yeah. start doing something. And that's been what I've been trying to do. Or do 10, 15 times in a day. Yeah. Yeah. What the heck? It's, it's, it's all about staying moving, you know. And then it's our mind that convinces us we don't have time for stuff. But yet, think about how much time we spend staring at our phone. How many minutes do we do that? Right. Too many. And that's how I feel about, like, to, to me what that means is, like, it's not a priority to that yeah. person. Oh, that's too, you know, that's too hard of a workout or whatever. Like, for me, even though I'm burnt out or I don't want to do it, I'm so proud of how much self-discipline I have mm -hmm. to go to the gym anyway, to do, you know, whatever it is that I need to do anyway just to get it done, just to be able to say, you know, I didn't want to do it or it didn't sound like a fantastic idea, but I did it. And that's just it. It's, I mean, like you said, going to the gym, that's one thing I, you know, for me, I've been trying to swim a lot more. And honestly, if I had a pool, I'd probably just do it here, but I don't have a pool. Um, <laughs> I've thought about getting one of those endless pools that turn into a hot tub infinity and an endless pool the infinity whatever, pools. Yeah. yeah. But because it is so much easier. I mean, that's one thing. When I lost the weight the last time, the one thing that I had that I don't have now was the company I worked at, we demolished the school. And when we demoed the school, they told us to throw away all the gym equipment. Uh, so we took all that gym equipment and put it in the basement of the building. Yeah. So at lunch, rather than go out to lunch with everybody, I'm like, well, I'm going to go downstairs. Right. So I'd go downstairs, and I had a workout routine that I'd figured out for each week. That was one week was bike, or one day was bike, one day was treadmill, elliptical, and I mixed it up. You know, one day was full, just on lifting. 
you know, but I always had something and I figured out like a half hour workout routine for myself. Mm -hmm. I would go downstairs, do a half hour workout routine, take a shower, get dressed, go back upstairs, had sandwich stuffed in the fridge, make myself a sandwich, sit back down at my desk and go back to work. Yeah. So I would get in a half an hour really good workout every day and then I didn't have time to go to McDonald's. I didn't have time to do that. McDonald's would never be an option. But that's what I'm saying. I, I didn't have time to do all that. You didn't even make that a choice because my time was spent working out. Exactly. So all I had time to do was make a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Or if I had something in the fridge that I could warm up, like right. soup or something like that, yeah. that I could warm up and go sit back at my desk right. and eat and go back to work. Yeah. And that's what I, I don't have. And that's why I'm trying to find out I need to do, like you said, is, you know, then it was convenient. It wasn't a three-hour ordeal. Mm-hmm. It right. was I could do it all within my hour exactly. lunch break. And you don't have to wear those pants anymore. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> but, you know, I could do it all within my hour lunch break. With here, you know, the, the one, the gym I have here, luckily it's only a few minutes away. And I've got it down to where it's like an hour and a half. I can get there. I could swim. I could do everything else. I could take a shower there, you know, get dressed, go out to the mm-hmm. car, and then go to work. Yep. And I usually leave straight for work and I have everything in my gym bag, you know. So it's just a matter of getting finding that time. And if you don't have time to go to the gym, like Jesse said, do some push-ups. Jump rope in the right. living Jump room. Jump rope in the living room. That's do what whatever. I do. I, I'm at school at night. So I'm doing homework just about all night, every night after work. And every 45 minutes, my alarm will go off. And I'll jump rope for three to five minutes or do push-ups or squats or whatnot. I got one of those cool pull-up bars now in my, in my doorway. And what? Just five minutes go back to my studying, you know. But I thought about one of those pull-up bars, but I don't know if it'd hold me. You try. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, you break this up, and I still get my exercise in it, even though I don't go and destroy myself for an hour, no. two hours. But you get something. It's being active. Like I said, the body mass that you're trying to move, propel forward faster or better is the mass that you're carrying, not the weights at the gym. No. Well, and that's the thing. is they Something they talk about now, they say basically, like, sitting is the new the new smoking mm-hmm. like it's horrible for it you. makes sense and that's one of the things like when I teach at night I make sure I'll have a chair so occasionally I can sit down but most of the time I'll pace back and forth in front of the in the room talking to the guys I've got my you know my screen with my powerpoints and mm-hmm. my videos or whatever and I have that but I'm walking around I'm doing whatever trying to make sure that for four hours of tea or five hours of teaching I'm not sitting on my butt because mm-hmm. I do enough of that driving all day Right. And I, you know, and that's one thing. I drive a lot. I walk, and I get a lot more walking in now, because I go and walk job sites, you know. But sometimes it's, sometimes I go to a job site and I walk twenty feet. I walk from my car to the trailer, and I can stand there and look at the entire job site. So there's really not a whole lot of walking. Hmm. But then there's other times where I did the I ninety bridge. I walked from the Mercer Island side to the Seattle side and back, on the job walk, wow. which was. Miles. Well, each way, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So four miles that I walked on that job site and climbed down in the pontoons. <laughs> that was fun. I actually got to go down in the pontoons. It was kind of cool. But so I walked that, you know, so, you know, that was a great start to my morning. I got four mile walk in before, you know, 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. But then like other mornings, I'll go and I sit at my desk and work on paperwork and do all that. I'm there for hours and I need to get, because I have my Fitbit and, you know, it's got a little alarm on it. So every... It tells me I'm supposed to get 250 steps an hour, at least. So if it's like 50 minutes or 10 minutes to, to eight, 
it all suddenly like start vibrating saying hey you haven't done your 250 steps get off your ass but it's not enough that I always notice it it's yeah. not enough of a vibration that it, it, no, I notice it because it's just a quick little like zing zing mm-hmm. and I need to uh, I was trying to see if there was a way that I can make it so it's more of a prominent like hey get up yeah. you know because you need an Apple Watch yeah they're expensive yeah the new one but which you shouldn't need <laughs> right I mean you shouldn't need that but I mean we get so engrossed in what we do exactly like, yeah. it goes back to what we were talking yeah, about yeah when you're sitting at your desk and you're working on something and I'm one of those like cause like for the classes I teach when you get certified to teach those classes they give you all the powerpoints but they're horrible they're like made like they're all like 80's colors and it looks like a 5 year old put them together and just like copied stuff from the, the regs into them they're horrible so I've gone through and like I think I only have three left that are the original ones I gave me and I've replaced them with all new ones. Yeah. So I'll sit there for hours just working on PowerPoints trying to make it so when I teach these classes I can try and entertain people. You're actually you know, invested. And invested you. in it. So, but then once I do that I'm one of those types that once I get hyper focused on something like that I could sit there for five hours and not move. Hmm. Because my brain like everything else shuts off but what I'm doing in front of right. me. Mm-hmm. You know like I won't get up for anything. Hmm. You know, it just, I, I get that focused. And yeah. so I don't notice my, the little zing zing. Yeah. So I need something that'll like, you know, I don't know, maybe something that has like a needle in it that pokes me in the, you get up, fatty! You know. <laughs> you get an alarm on your phone. Even when we get notifications on there, somehow across the room we'll notice it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. I should put something on my phone. Just something to tell me, hey, you know, fatty, right. get up and move around. Right. So I've been trying to get more and more active of moving around, trying to do what I can to, you know, yeah, to get back down to where I should be. I yeah. mean, it, it bothers me because I can look at, and I don't even remember why I was looking. I was looking at old pictures of doing Spartan races, and I saw pictures from when I did in Montana. And I'm like, when I started doing Spartan, I was smaller than I am now. Mm. So I've been doing this for coming on my fourth year. And now I'm bigger than when I started. I'm like, that's not right. Well, it's kind of like doing the, the same exercise routine. Yeah. You, you're meant to, at first, you're physically not ready and you're mentally not ready. Then all of a sudden, you become mentally ready and your physical doesn't need to be up to par with your brain because you become, you've got mental endurance now. So you realize that you don't need to be physically as fit to complete a race. Yeah. So you're like, ah, I don't need to train for this anymore. I just got to make it through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And your mental endurance will carry you through. You know, it's called grit. Yeah. But to perform better than you did last time, you now and have that's to be what physically I to strong. I need to physically work on that like stuff so I can be better. You don't want to just finish. Yeah. You want to I mean, do better. Yeah. We, we figured out last year when I decided to do a freaking marathon that I'm stupid enough to push my body and keep going even long after I should have stopped. Because, right. I mean, that's one thing, like I said, my by the time I finish, if I know my friend Don took a video of me fin- running to the finish line because I was I sprinted, I tried to sprint towards the end, and my gait's all messed up. And I'm like, the problem is my left, like, ankle had locked, mm. like, at mile, like, 23. Like, not literally. Normal. Huh? Not normal. No, not normal. Like, had locked. I could not, it would not bend, would not flex, wouldn't do anything. So I was trying to, like, hobbling on that leg for, like, three miles. But it's one of those, like... I'm at mile 23. At this point, if my leg falls off, I'm going to crawl because I'm finishing this stupid thing. Right. You know, because I told myself 10 years before that before my 40th birthday, I was doing that marathon. Right. 
But it didn't have to be like that. No, you had didn't. 10 years. I had 10 years, exactly. You had the mindset. The, I had the mindset. It was just actually getting the physical. At this point. Yeah. That's and that's, like he said, I've got the grit mentally. Right. Exactly. To push my body to a point that I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Right. But, like The same said, mindset will work backwards, though. Yeah. You will meet somebody that's been very overweight, and when they look in the mirror, their mind tells them they're overweight. But to the rest of the world, they're not overweight. Yeah. You know, the same thing will tell you, you don't have to train for this because mm-hmm. you've done this a whole bunch. Yeah. Now I'm ready for it. And then you get into a situation like you were just describing where you're actually physically damaging yourself because you don't want to accept the fact that you're not physically yeah. able to do this. Exactly. And like I said, I had years to train for it. And it wasn't like I signed up the weekend before and I said, hey, I'm going to do this marathon. Yeah. I signed up seven, eight months before that. Because I told myself I was going to do it before I was 40. And that was literally six days before my 40th birthday that I did that. Right. So, so technically, you had 40 years. Yeah. To get ready. <laughs> 40 years. I did. I did. And I, I didn't, you know, and that was it. I, I kept thinking, of, mentally, I can do this. I can push my body through whatever I want to push exactly. it through. Exactly. But I'm getting to that point that... And you can because... You can. The only other option is that you push and you die. Yeah. But... You know what I'm saying? I mean, we all got to go sometime, right? But does it have to be almost to the finish line? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. You push yourself and you keep pushing yourself, but it's like it's getting to a point that physically I'm actually damaging my body, right? And I know that, but and that's what I've gotten to. It's like when I did Montana the last two years. Last year I tore a muscle in my bicep and in my my pec on one of the obstacles because trying to move my no, enormous that. weight. Right. And then this year, I dislocated my shoulder. Yeah. Which is amazing, right? So um, when I say you, I'm not saying you particularly, but... Uh, anybody. Um, that amount of effort, mental effort and discipline, and we find it difficult to exercise. Yeah. But we can push ourselves through everything else. Right. Like, go back to what Tatiana was talking about, it's not important. Yeah. For some time in our life or some periods, we go through these waves of, like, this is important to me. Like, when I got into boxing, I was boxing, like, three times a week because it was super important to me. It was changing things, and then I found something else, and I got out of it. What I found was OCR racing. Yeah. But I can mentally push myself through amazing things, but for the simplest things, we can replace because they're not important to us. To work out three times in a day for two minutes... Is super hard. Like, oh, I got so much other crap to do. But those two minutes, all of a sudden, take that amount of effort as it took, say, for instance, when you're in that marathon, to complete it. The same amount of effort has to go into completing two minutes of exercise. Exactly. There's no difference. But you proved yourself, when I say you now, I'm speaking about you, you proved yourself that you are capable of putting that effort and you have that amount of mental power to exercise for two minutes. There's no reason... Because I pushed myself for nine and a half hours on that stupid course. Right. Yeah. right. Nine and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Right. And you could adjust your life to do two minutes of exercises. Yeah. Because that race was way uncomfortable than two minutes, right? <laughs> exactly. It was. And I mean, that's the thing. Is it's like, you know, I, and I think back, and part of what I think kills me is when I did the half marathon stuff, you know, years ago when I was, before I blew my knee and I was doing, you know, working out daily and everything else, I did it in three hours. A half marathon. Which, I mean, isn't a great time, but it's not nine and a half. I mean, 
I did it in three hours. I should have been able to. If I could do three hours was my best half marathon. And if I could do three hours, actually it was just under three. But if I could do three hours, then I should have been able to do a full in six to six and a half. Yeah. Easy. Right. Look at the amount of time it takes to do an obstacle course race. And you're talking about a marathon. There's nothing except for hills in front of you. Yeah. And miles. Yeah. And the thing was, too, is when I did three-hour half marathons, I was a pack a day or more smoker. Cheers. And I did a three-hour. It's like, okay, I'm a non-smoker now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I should be able to do better. But because of my size, I don't. I actually, my breathing now is worse than when I was a smoker. Right. And that is because it has nothing to do with anything but my size. Right. Well, it's because something else hasn't become important to you. Yeah. And that's probably nutrition. I don't mm-hmm. know what you eat all the time. But it's I'm doing better now. Nutrition yeah. and dietary habits. He's got his veggie. And good. that kind of stuff can't be, it whether it's a priority or not, it just has to be a staple. It's like getting up and going to work. Yeah, and it's one of those things for me, it's part of what it is, is because now my job, I spend 70% of my time in a car, driving. Remember that movie, um, Over the Top? Mm, yeah. Right. Sylvester Stallone had Sylvester Stallone. that weight machine in that. Oh, yeah. In there the, you go, dude. In, a, in, in a, his car? No, it was in, in his, his semi-truck. semi-truck. <laughs> Have you never seen Over the Top? No. But well, there's your homework. You need to get her to, get her to watch Over the Top. Get her he had the whole thing with the hand that he would just... That's why they called it Over the Top. It was arm wrestling. Oh. And by, he'd go over the top with his fingers. And shit. You'd, have, you'd have to watch it. <laughs> All right. It's a good movie. Yeah, we can do that, make that happen. I'm but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just finding a way to do it. And part of the problem that I had when I first started the job, I'm like, cool, I'm walking more. I'm doing more exercises. This is going to be great. But then my nutrition that wasn't that great to begin with was getting a little bit better, went completely out the window because at my old job, I had a fridge that I could, that was five feet away from me. I just had to walk in the other room to the fridge and so I could bring stuff, put it in the fridge and do whatever. But I don't have that now because I'm driving 70% of the time. So I'm not always, I have two different offices that I go to. Well, you can, I don't always know where I'm going to be. There's a thing called the lunchbox. I know, exactly. And that's what I got to do. There's a thing called. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, that's my thing. Jesse recently discovered that. Yeah. I have to. I've had a thermos for years now. (laughs) But I have to find better ways of doing my nutrition. I've also made myself, painted myself into a corner for, for instance, for when you take lunch, is if you have to, leave your debit card all your money at home, so you're forced to eat what you bring with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because usually you're going to be like, Ugh, look at your lunch, you know, because it kind of gets warm and withered. And then you look at, a, like, if you're by a store or a restaurant or something, yeah. you're going to go eat that food, spend the 10 bucks or whatever see, it is. What I did, what I've been trying to do is, like, because there's a couple times, you know, I'd be at my the Seattle office and going to teach, and I'm going to be there until 9 o'clock at night, and I didn't bring anything, and I'm like, eh. So I'm like, okay, if I'm going to eat... It has to be something healthy, and I have to be able to walk and go get it. I'm not going to go get the car. I'm not going to drive to it. So mm-hmm. it has to be close enough. Mm-hmm. So I actually found there's a deli that's about a half a mile from my office that I can go to and get a sandwich or something like that. You know, something a little healthier. So I had been, but to get it, I have to walk a half mm-hmm. mile, go get it, and then walk another half mile. So I have to walk a mile to get food. So that was kind of in my brain. I'm like, if I'm going to get food, I don't want to drive. I have to walk to where it is. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing my Fife office is the same way. I, there's a deli within a half a mile mm-hmm. that I can walk to and get a soup or a salad or something and get something healthy and then walk back. Yeah. 
So, and that's kind of become my thing. Of, I'm pretty much, if I'm at the offices, I have to walk to it. I have to be able to walk to it and it has to be healthy. The only fast food that I make of is taco time. <laughs> I'll, I'll make, I'll get taco time. Taco, taco time's not food. No, Taco Bell's not food. Come on, dude. Taco time's a little Come better. On. Shut up. <laughs> it's my one. It's one. my one. He's not arguing this one. I love my taco time. It's mainly actually. I really don't. I just don't want the tater tots. That's all I want. I want the Mexican fries. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want. Is there a difference? Not really, but. <laughs> I think for me, I've got. I feel like I've got my nutrition down pat. I'm really good at meal prepping at the start of the week, eating healthy, all that, blah blah blah. But I think. Um, I guess going back to my burnout or what I'm experiencing like the hardest time in is like that two to three hours that you're talking about how it's difficult for people to find I have that because I'm a loser I don't have any friends and so after work I'm at the gym every day it's hard for me to take a rest day but for me I'm just bored with what I'm doing at the gym especially now that I'm done with undergrad I have all this stuff like I don't have homework what is this and that's one thing that I've actually found because we you know I've been at multiple gyms but the one I go to the Y down here in Puyallup, mm-hmm. and it's huge. It's mm-hmm. like a freaking city in there. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of one of those things like you can always find something different to do. They have racquetball courts, which I haven't seen in a gym in years. That's cool. Um, they have a pool, so mm-hmm. I could swim. Mm-hmm. They have a track up above. Mm-hmm. A second On the second floor, there's actually a track. Yeah. That's a sixth of a mile that you can go just walk the track or run the track. Right. You know, so they have all these different options mm-hmm. of things that can do to work out. And then they have machines galore. Right. And they even have the machines now, like one of the Viking machines, you can actually turn the handlebars and it's like a video game. Oh, oh yeah. More realized. And it has uh, yeah. the resistance. Yeah, it has the resistance depending on what you're going through and it's like yeah. a video game. You turn the handlebars, try not run over people. Right. It's really weird. <laughs> but so there's a lot of that. Yeah. I think I really love my gym. It's like I, it's got a lot to it, but I think, and this is something I discovered just before Greece. I was so frustrated, but now I'm kind of excited. Is I've been going to this gym for like uh, over a year now at this point, and I just now realized with my membership, I have all these free classes available to me, like yoga and Zumba, and there's like ha- just all kinds of crap I've never heard, and I'm just like. <sighs> Because I'm there for hours what? after work, I do it all of them, like back to back, to back to back to back. Yoga is amazing. It's just another reason to wear those pants, huh? Exactly. No, <laughs> and actually, what it was is when when I was running all the time before, um, she Amber used to work at Twenty Four Hour Fitness, so I got the same thing. Yeah. I got free membership, then I got free the, the, the classes, yeah. and we'd go to yoga like twice a week, and it was amazing for like because I ran so much, and my legs would hurt. Yeah, yoga's not and bad for anybody. No, and I'd go do yoga, and you're stretching out those muscles. It's like a restart and just, Oh, yeah. I and it really it. depends, too. It depends on if you go to, there's different, if you go to relaxing yoga, that's really just stretching and trying to, mm-hmm. but there's yoga that I've gone to where it's, like, full on, like, I've had workouts that were easier mm-hmm. than that. Turn yourself into Where they're trying to, like, you know, put you in a lot of the positions that you're holding yourself and really building your core. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, but we should probably wrap this up. It's almost an hour and a half. Beautiful. So it's a long episode. Yeah. <laughs> so is there anything you guys want to say? Go to Greece to the next year. We'll see you there. It was beautiful. Jesse, any words of wisdom? Um, From the skinny Buddha? 
you can exercise two minutes a day, five times a day, if you can get up and make it important. Yeah. We go to work, and even though we don't like the things we do at work, we find the effort and the power to get up and go to work. You know, we just got to um, change our perception of what we think we are. Yeah. And our, our mental and our body will naturally grow to it. Exactly. It doesn't have to, we don't ever have to like try to force ourselves to look like somebody else or yeah. the image. We just got to figure out who we are and well, we yeah. will become them. And that's a big thing for me. It's like I keep telling people, it's like, you know, I've shown, I don't know if you've seen the pictures, the pictures that I showed on BSAN because I have the Facebook page because I've talked about it a lot. I was skinny as a teenager. I graduated high school 140 pounds. Mm-hmm. So I posted a picture and I'm like, this is what, you know, this is what I'm talking about. I was this little guy, but, and I'll never, I'll never be that guy again. And I know that, but I want to be healthy again. Mm-hmm. You know, cause one thing I may have been skinny, but I wasn't healthy. There were so many things I was putting into my body at that time that I should not have been there. You know, lots of, I mean, in the picture, I had a cigarette in my hand, I was smoking, uh, maybe did a little blow, I mean, stuff like that. So, I mean, there was a lot of things. I wasn't healthy, but I was skinny. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I don't necessarily want to be skinny. I want to be healthy. Right. And that's my big thing. Well, and you look that's at what the, I think. You look at the racers that win these races, their goal is not to be fit. No. They're not, their goal is not to weigh a certain no. weight. Their goal is to win. That's what they strive for. And that's where we get lost in fitness and nutrition is we're focusing on what we think we should be. We will naturally become our bodies and mental will naturally follow what our goals will be. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is most people look at these pictures of these skinny, skinny people mm-hmm. and that's what they want to be. And it's like, no, that's not what you want to be. You want to be healthy because most of the time those skinny models and everything else, they're not healthy. Right. Right. They have eating disorders. They have all that kind of stuff. It's not healthy. You but, don't want to be skinny. You want to be healthy. But we also don't see the amount of work they put into no. to be in that way. Exactly. We don't see it. Like when somebody wins a race, we don't see the amount of years they trained No. for it. We see them winning, and then they, we think that they became like that overnight, and they're some special person. We're all humans. No. And there's no there's no special pill. There's no special anything. All there is hard work. Mm-hmm. Hard work, hard work, and hard work. Right. And there's a ton of stuff we know that are bad for us that we do over and over. Yeah. But yeah. knowing that they're bad, we can not do them. Yeah. Like um, whiskey and rum. Shush. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast brought to you by Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. You can find us on Facebook or at beastocr.com.